MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello, and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, February 19th, 2020. Today, the Judge Jackson Stone Conference, Trump pardons Eddie DiBartolo Jr. and a bunch of other people, a January letter from the Department of Justice to Nadler, another resignation, this time from the ODNI, questions for the Attorney General Barr um, for his March 31st testimony, and federal judges call for an emergency meeting to discuss the crisis at the Department of Justice. I'm your host, AG, and with me today are Jordan Coburn. Hello. And Amanda Reeder. Hello. How are you? Good. Great. How was your anniversary? Good. Good. Made delicious snacks. I, I heard there was like a mushroom sort of pasta situation. Yeah. Mushroom, goat cheese, fresh basil, spinach, roasted Ooh. mushrooms. Mm. Yeah, it was yummy. Roasted mushrooms. Mm-hmm. I've never roasted a mush. It <laughs> <laughs> adds more of a depth of flavor than sauteing sometimes. Hell yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, happy anniversary. Three years. Yeah. Thanks. And you married your best friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, married we your best friend, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> High five. <laughs> Good call. Um, we do have a lot of news to get to today. Um, uh, it, the, it was sort of a relatively quiet news day yesterday. It came back with a vengeance today, and we do have a lot to cover. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, so lots going on. Let's start with Trump tweeting out again about the Stone case, saying Judge Jackson now has a request for a new trial based on the unambiguous and self-outed bias of the foreperson of the jury, who's also a lawyer, by the way. Madam foreperson, you're a lawyer. Uh, Y-O-U-R. You have a duty, uh, an affirmative obligation to reveal to us when we selected you the existence of these tweets, which you were so harshly negative about the president and the people who support him. Don't you think we wanted to know that before we put you on this jury? Unquote. Uh, And then Trump continues, pretty obviously he should get a new trial. Uh, I think almost any judge in the country would order a new trial. I'm not so sure about Judge Jackson. I don't know. Uh, and that was from Judge Napolitano, Andrew Napolitano, on Fox and Friends. Trump also tweeted about suing everyone uh, in- involved with the Mueller probe. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, during a helicopter conference, he called himself the chief law enforcement officer. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> I heard that. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's bar. I didn't hear I that. Can, yeah. That's definitely bar. Mm-hmm. I mean, I it's not much better. In these it's things, not. But I won't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He said that. Gross. Yeah. So fascist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Judge <sighs> Jackson held her conference today. Uh, new attorneys have been tagged in to replace the four that withdrew from the Stone case after Barr intervened to lower the sentencing recommendations for Roger Stone. She decided sentencing will go forward Thursday, uh, though the execution of the sentence will wait because she wants to give Stone to f- time to file any objections. And she did not rule on Stone's motion for a new trial today, as she wants to do it in writing after the sentencing. She said, I think delaying this sentence would not be a prudent thing to do, given all the circumstances. Um, she did not comment on the withdrawal of the four prosecutors or ask any questions about it, which I thought she would. Mm. Uh, perhaps she intends to speak on that during sentencing or put it in her forthcoming written decision about Stone's motion for a new trial. I'm not sure. 
But the issue here is the new trial is almost impossible after Trump weighing in. You can't really get now an untainted jury. Yeah. So especially in D.C. So I'm interested to see where she goes with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, Yeah, I wonder it's tomorrow, right? You said Uh, the sentencing is Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Which would be tomorrow. Wednesday. Yes. Okay. cool. I'm fucking so curious. This is the most dramatic ending to a trial we've seen in a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember the good old days when they just said Manafort was guilty and we had a party? Celebrated? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stone uh, will mostly be excited because there'll be more more movies made about him now. Yeah. Oh, he's, no. He's getting a ton of attention. Uh-huh. I'm sure he loves that. God. Oh, press is good press, baby. Is I he, guarantee. What'd you say? Is he still selling rocks? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Let's check. Can we check on the internet? Are there still Roger Stones being sold? <laughs> Um, I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. Someone, it was before your time, but someone sent before us a bunch time. of Roger Stones. <laughs> Not on Earth, just on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Although the Stones could be that old. Who knows? Ew. But um, how long does it take for, I don't know how well, geology works. Well, I think were igneous works. rocks, <laughs> and so therefore, no, I don't know. Um, yeah, I have no idea. Anyways, but um, I guarantee he's going to have some sort of documentary or film come out that just features him behind bars. Yeah. He's going to love that shit. He yeah. will eat that shit up. It's just going to be images of him just like reading a Bible <laughs> just for like 12 hours a day. This Lift, is all I do. weights in the yard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not repenting. I'm just studying. You'll, you'll, you'll see him from behind. Can you get me from behind so you can get my <laughs> oh, Nixon tattoo? Oh, no. Lifting weights. Oh, gross. Horrible. Uh, and um, speaking of federal judges, they are deeply concerned about the interference in the Stone case because the Federal Judges Association, which I never heard of before, um, but apparently it, it exists, called for an emergency meeting. And that happened today, Tuesday. I haven't heard anything more about it uh, as of this recording, but they called that to discuss the ramifications instead of waiting to discuss it during their annual conference, which happens in the spring. They wow. said it's, it's so urgent. We have to get together now. We can't wait for a couple months. Wow. And that letter that had all those folks signing on, that wasn't um, signed by that association, was it? Just like the people involved in the association? Um, well, that wasn't signed by any judges. It was all former prosecutors. Oh, former prosecutors. Mm-hmm. Got it. like deputy attorney, ge- attorneys general and yeah. associate deputies, like all like DOJ mm-hmm. and former prosecutors. So this association is only for like current active federal judges. I believe so. Got it. I don't know if there's a former judges on there, though, but I think it's led by Judge Beryl Howell, mm-hmm. who is chief justice at the D.C. District Court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I'm correct. I'm, that's top of my head. Beryl Howell. Mm-hmm. B-E-R-Y-L. That would be crazy if current federal judges signed off on something like that, like um, as a result of them getting together or something, you know? I mean, because what else... I imagine that's what they're talking about. Are we going to take any sort of an official stance on this? That would be entirely unprecedented for us to do that. But then again, so is this. Uh, Beryl Howell is the chief uh, judge for the a district, cor- uh, the United States District Court for the District of Columbia. I was right. And she nice. is also the federal judge supervising the grand jury for the special counsel of the Miller probe, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And so she... Um, she actually did come out and stand up sort of for uh, Judge Berman Jackson mm-hmm. when Trump tweeted about her mm-hmm. saying, you know, is this the judge that threw Manafort into solitary confinement? She wasn't. The judge doesn't do that. The The Bureau of Prisons does that. You mm-hmm. can talk to Barr about that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So 
we'll see how I'm, I'm just interested to see if we get any public information about what comes out of that meeting, that emergency meeting. Yeah. Um, and from Kyle Cheney at Politico today, the top lawyer for the intelligence community at the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, his name is Jason Klatenik. He is resigning his position effectively, effective early March, March 11th, I believe. Um, this is the guy that decided to block the whistleblower complaint about Trump and Ukraine from Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, and acting DNI Joseph McGuire's time is up March 11th because law prohibits him from serving in an acting capacity beyond that date. So Trump will have to nominate someone or pick a new acting DNI by then, or the position will be vacant. So March 11th is when McGuire leaves, not when um, Jason Klatenik, the attorney, leaves. Um, That's just early March is what it says. I got that date mixed up because it was later. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if whoever is president next, if it's not Trump, um, can we put rules into place about having to fill vacant spots? Well, there are rules. And there that's, are? What's, that's what's weird. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So these rules exist already. They're just being broken. You mean instead of just having all these acting people? Yeah, or just vacant posts, mm-hmm. you know, because he has a lot of acting people. There are a lot of posts that are just empty, mm-hmm. positions he's never filled, because mm-hmm. if he can't find anyone who's sympathetic to him, he just doesn't fill the post. Mm-hmm. The FEC can't mm-hmm. say that enough. That needs to be set. And remember how we brought up the the um, the census yesterday on the podcast? It's it's two million people they have to recruit in two weeks because they're God. so behind. It's yeah, two I'm and busy. a half million people. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I I I I got. Ugh. I didn't know how many it was. I knew that there was a lot, but it's 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 two million people. <laughs> Otherwise, they're not going to get an accurate reading on the mm-hmm. census. Nice. So yeah, I can't anyway. help. Or I would. Yeah, that seems like one of those rules you shouldn't. Uh, have to explicitly say, or maybe it's a rule that would be entailed in the post existing, <laughs> like already, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yeah, this is the post; it is there. Well, because by are its guidelines. nature, it is filled. Mm-hmm. Well, because these are the guidelines, right? They right. say if there's no one there, then the next person in line in mm-hmm. the succession would take that place, right? And the and the president can release orders saying he's changing the or she is changing the succession, the order of succession, mm-hmm. but that that person would need to be filling that filling that in an acting in an acting capacity, uh, which I believe you can do for 120 days for some positions, 90 for others. Mm. Um, and so uh, Joseph McGuire's time is up March 11th, and mm. we haven't really heard anything about a new DNI. Hmm. Do you think it's going to be another acting one? I think he'll pro- probably put another acting person in there or leave it vacant mm. and just be busy. He doesn't need a director of national intelligence right now. Right. He doesn't kidding? respect intelligence exactly. anyway. <laughs> no, and that would be bad for him because mm-hmm. that would mean that there would be better coordination between CIA, FBI, NSA. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want that. No. Yeah. I'm surprised it's taken him so long to finally start putting like shitty people in these posts. Like the attorney general, for example, he let Jeff Sessions. I mean, I know that that was embroiled in all this controversy with the Mueller report and that he was. Yeah, and he's pretty in. shitty. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Uh, I guess I mean people that are like shitty and willing to exclusively work on things that help the president. True. Yeah. Like the fact that he even tried Didn't at all. Jeff, Jeff Sessions pretend at least a little bit right work on other shit or he like like he recused himself for (laughs) example whereas if it was Barr in his position he would have only done what the president asked him to like he is right hasn't recused himself from Mm -hmm. several cases he should have Mm -hmm. yep and um yeah that's an interesting thing and i really think it's just because finding people is so hard if you think about in the past we've talked about all these vacancies and the revolving door that is the administration and the cabinet and we've talked about there have been people who turned down positions in, in the Trump administration, like, nah, brah, you know, everything you touch dies. I'm not going to work for you. Mm-hmm. 
And so, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but um, I just don't think that there are enough willing people at that level that are willing to do this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then again, when have levels ever mattered? Yes. To him. True. Unless he's playing Mario Kart. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't. He's not good enough to play that game. <laughs> you got to smoke weed to play that game. Yeah. He can't even do That's pong. the only way pong. you can have the sense, the sensory... <laughs> skills needed to win every time <laughs> is that why i suck at dance dance revolution because <laughs> i don't smoke weed <laughs> well are you playing on the steel one or like the home pad oh the one that's at the dave and busters that's that's too that's hard okay try the home one try the home. yeah the steel one <laughs> Do you is have a home setup very unforgiving i ddr'd so hard did you nice. in my childhood <laughs> i am really good at that game really yeah i suck i'm at that. really good at air hockey Oh, fun. Like, really good. We should I go to like an arcade. Like analog air <laughs> hockey, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like if you, that you played in an arcade. Yeah. I, had, I had an air hockey table in my basement growing up. We, like, bought it from a neighbor. It was fucking huge. My mom was like, yeah, sure, we can have it. And I played, like, countless hours of air hockey. That sounds the so most fun. Canadian thing about me, and I'm really good at it. That sounds so fun. Is, is air hockey inherently Canadian? I have hockey, I guess, is Canadian. <laughs> and then air, I guess. Yeah. That's, it's, if I was good at ice hockey, everywhere. that would be Canadian. Hockey, air, we like yeah, them yeah, both, yeah. eh? But, um, yeah. So let's do it. Yeah. Let's go to an arcade. I would fucking love that. Let's I'll, go, I'll, I'll play um, you DDR and we'll do air hockey. Let's yes. go to Boomers. Yes. yes. Yeah. I've never can, been to Boomers. Then we can mini golf, too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. That sounds really fun. Workouting. Yes. Cool. We could do trust falls after. <laughs> And then we can write it off. <laughs> I really sweaty hands. I'm not a good Suck trust fall that. person. <laughs> <laughs> and from Natasha Bertrand, um, the Department of Justice said in a letter to Jerry Nadler, they just got this letter, but it was sent in January. Uh, and of course, Jerry Nadler is the chair of the House Judiciary Committee. This came from the Department of Justice that you, the U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of New York has been assigned to coordinate several open matters related to Ukraine. And the U.S. attorney in Pittsburgh will be reviewing new Ukraine information from the public, which is code for Giuliani. The letter was sent January 17th, as I say. So now we have the U.S. attorney from St. Louis looking at the Flynn case. We have the U.S. attorney from Pittsburgh taking the Rudy crap Mm -hmm. on Biden. Then we have the Eastern District of New York as the point of contact for Ukraine. And then Durham from Connecticut, U.S. attorney from Connecticut, looking at the Russia probe. So all this stuff's being farmed out. Could this be in preparation for Barr's departure? Or could he be handing these politically sensitive cases off to you know to make it look like he's trying to stay out uh, of mm-hmm. stuff that involves the president um i don't know i don't know what 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 his mo is here because generally he's the one who would coordinate all that like super special high level shit yeah yeah that is interesting is it a thing maybe where he knows that the level of interference he's been engaging in is just getting to a tipping point and he's like I need to put up some fail safes here for if I inevitably, I mean, what was the name of the association? Federal Judges Association. Mm -hmm. They're meeting, Mm -hmm. you know, people are like very much coming out against him. I know we've kind of talked about a theory of if it's orchestrated that he will resign. Maybe it's not orchestrated. Maybe that's, maybe there's just going to be that much actual public pressure and pressure from officials around him to leave. But that tipping point really came with the stone thing mm-hmm. even after he did this with the Flynn thing but it came with with the stone situation and, and this is all last month stuff mm-hmm. so yeah I think honestly I think it's just to insulate himself yeah. from being the Roy Cohn mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows mm-hmm. but he's he's handing all these things off to to um, other US attorney's offices I don't hmm. like it 
Me neither. <laughs> Whatever are, it is, I don't like it. It doesn't seem appropriate, kind of, either. I mean, for many reasons, but I don't have a super strong understanding of the federal court system, I guess, but having state U.S. attorneys handling topics that have to do with international communications. Well, they're federal. I mean, they're part of the federal. Um, yeah, I guess I'm confused Department about that kind of. Uh, like Eastern District of New York, Southern District of New York. I thought that was kind of the point of a jurisdiction, though. Connecticut. Well, yeah, it, it is, really. So, like, why is the guy from Connecticut looking at Ukraine? Yeah, exactly. Or, um, like, does it, doesn't it or have the, to sorry, over... the 2016 Russia investigation. Right. Doesn't it have to overlap in some way in their jurisdiction? I, I mean, unless the unless the attorney general, I guess, assigns you a specific duty, yeah. then, you know, you have to do that because he's your boss. But it is, it's odd mm-hmm. um, that he's farming these things out. I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's weird. And... Maybe it's to take some pressure off of himself so that so that hold on space beans here maybe it's so that trump doesn't see Barr as personally responsible for these things so he's sort of farming them out saying i have less responsibility over these things now and he can other people can take the fall for if things go badly as opposed to do you know what i mean mm-hmm. well it all it all ro- shit rolls up to him eventually but yes that mm-hmm. that is something too and i mean if you think about it like it's been a, a while now that you know, Barr has sort of been accused of of being the Roy Cohn or or you know being a weapon uh, of Trump, and 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 maybe this is just his way to not to not have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it it could be that it could be, you know, I mean, who knows? Yeah. Um, but it's just weird. Mm-hmm. It's just really weird. And, weird. and it could be that when he gets to Congress on March thirty first, he can say, "You'd have to talk to so and so about that. You'd have to talk to so and so about that." You'd have to talk to so-and-so about that, mm-hmm. you know? And so he doesn't have to answer any questions because yeah. he's not directly in charge of he's it. He's absolved himself to some extent. Sort of, yeah. Mm. This is a crazy <clears throat> thought that I just had. How important do you think the vice president position really is? And do you think it's possible that Trump would want to pick Barr for it? Oh, you mean instead of Pence in 2020? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Can you switch? That's VPs? an interesting thought. Can you do that? You can do whatever you want, I think, when you're running another election campaign. Yeah, I think. But I I don't know. I know that sometimes... To put like Big Dick Toilet Wine in charge and then yeah. have him be your VP and say bye-bye Pence. Yeah. Like if somehow he would be more useful in a position where he's... I don't know. Especially I don't know how you can have if, more access as a vice president. You probably have similar access. It could help access. him get more votes. Right. But I, he would be chopped off at the knees if he were the vice president. Vice president doesn't do shit. Right. Also. But then there's Dick Cheney. You know? It's like... You don't do shit officially, maybe. No, right, right. But yeah. Dick Cheney was one of the most effective cronies ever yeah. in that position. That's because he was the number one advisor. Mm-hmm. Well, especially if they suspect that perhaps Mike Pence is anonymous. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <gasps> Lodestar. Yeah. He God. does say Lodestar. He does. All right. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, stick around. We have a list of questions that experts want the House Judiciary to ask Bill Barr. And I have that list of questions. So stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. When something goes wrong in my house, like the fridge dies or the heat stops or the washer, washing machine stops working, that drives me crazy But because uh, I don't know what's wrong. I can't fix it, um, and I don't know who to call or how much it's going to cost, but apparently... 
I don't have to live like this because now I have American Home Shield. And American Home Shield helps cover the cost to take care of repairs when something breaks down. And if they can't fix it, they'll replace it or find another solution for you. As the nation's largest provider, they've paid more in-home warranty claims than any other company that's added up to more than $2 billion in the past five years. With America's most preferred home warranty and more than 1.8 million customers, AHS offers coverage for up to 21 home systems and appliances. Plus, they give you unlimited coverage on electronics, coverage like for tablets and flat screens and computers and stuff. And AHS has a nationwide network of more than 15,000 licensed professional contractors, and they're all super awesome. So they can find the right pro in your area to fix your problem. No inspections needed. No proof of maintenance is required. Um, coverage is available no matter how old your systems and appliances are, which is nice. So you can have like 20-year-old washer and dryer, and they're still covered. And they have plans and pricing to fit every budget. It seems like everything is constantly breaking down. Uh, I know I know the feeling, especially when you're a homeowner, and home repairs can be frustrating and time-consuming. So help protect your home and plan for unexpected costs. Go to ahs.com slash dailybeans to save $50 and start protecting your home and budget from inevitable breakdowns. That's ahs.com slash dailybeans. ahs.com slash dailybeans for $50 off any plan. American Home Shield, be sure with the shield. Limitations and exclusions apply. See plan for details. Okay, everybody, welcome back. So this is weird. Uh, somebody reported, I think it was Shimon Prokopez, that Barr, Bill Barr, arrived at the White House today around 1 p.m. Eastern. Still no word on what he was doing there. Uh, Trump, I think, is leaving to come here to California, um, if I'm right. But uh, any guesses? Do you know? Does he need wet signatures on all the pardons that he granted today? Or does he have... I was like, maybe he's got a resignation letter with him. But yeah. tr- Trump wasn't there, I don't think. So. Maybe he's feeding Trump's pet snakes. <laughs> <laughs> He's bringing the, the, the whole live groundhogs yeah. to drain of blood for feeding, <laughs> for feeding Stephen Miller. <laughs> oh, my God. He's having an affair with Melania. Yeah. <gasps> oh, no. Sorry, I don't know why I said that. Uh, Can you feed Melania? Bees <laughs> locked in the basement. Did you guys see what she wore Be to the best. NASCAR thing? <laughs> Yeah, no. it was so fucking awful. Oh my god, Jordan, I got to show you. Uh, I saw, I saw that, I saw that picture of the car that was all like oh, yeah. weird. And someone tweeted, they're like, I have a lot of questions, but mostly, mostly about the suspension. suspension. Yeah, <laughs> the beast, yeah. which by the way is another name for Satan. Yeah, uh, it oh looks god. like it looks like there's bullets all over her shirt. Interesting, or her dress, or whatever that or is. Little spermies, little spermies. <laughs> um. Very Anyways. interesting. Have it tested. Have it tested. It's <laughs> just awful. Interesting. Remember that time she wore that jacket? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't really care. I will never. Do you? <laughs> the most poorly timed. I mean, intentionally poorly timed. Yeah. I'm going down to the border to f- look at babies ripped away from their mothers. Oh, my God. I don't really care to you. Fucking idiot. Uh, and uh, so so last night, JustSecurity.org has put out a list of questions for the House Judiciary to ask Bill Barr if he appears on March 31st. Um, as he has said, he would. He's agreed to this. People mm-hmm. are like, maybe he won't show up. But he's agreed to it. If he wasn't mm-hmm. going to show up, he'd say, I'm not going. I, I think maybe he, may, I don't know. Maybe What if he's gone before then? Stand him up. Met him on Tinder. <laughs> doesn't show up. Uh, and so I'm not going to read all the questions. I'm going to read the ones that I think are really, really uh, pertinent, but they're all pertinent. Just go to justsecurity.org to see their list of questions. So in part one, that's the Roger Stone sentencing questions. And there was a bunch here. And the first one is, do you hereby testify that everything you said in your interview with ABC News 
uh, is true and accurate, including your description of the events related to Roger Stone sentencing and your more general statement, the president has never asked me to do anything in a criminal case. So that means they have direct evidence to the contrary. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and this also reminds me of when uh, Kamala Harris, when he was during his confirmation hearings and she was like, uh, has uh, the president ever asked you to investigate anyone? Uh, or suggested you investigate mm-hmm. anyone? He's like, I'm having trouble with the word suggested. Yes. All right, asked, inferred, uh, hinted at. And uh, and he was like, oh, he was, sort of didn't know what to say. And, and, and she repeated it. She's like, be careful, sir. You're under oath. So <laughs> they know mm-hmm. something. And I think that's why Just Security put it in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless they also know and we don't know. Uh, before st- Here's number two, question two. Before Stone's sentencing, have you ever overruled line prosecutors on a sentencing recommendation that was within the guideline ranges? The answer is no. Uh, have you ever prosecuted a case? The answer will be no. And so the follow-up is, on whose prosecutorial expertise did you rely uh, on coming to your conclusion that the recommended sentencing range in Stone's case was too high? If you've never prosecuted a case, who'd you rely on? Whose expertise did you rely on? Mostly Donald Trump, who does not have a JD. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. It's the best. It's the biggest JD. Mm-hmm. Stands for giant dick with a J. <laughs> giant dick with a J. <laughs> well, I took that from you. Yeah. That's the name for today's episode. Giant dick, but giant spelled with a J. Yeah. Yes. That was a... Wait, did you say that in this episode or our Q&A episode? That was the Q&A <laughs> yeah. video. Which is a patron perk. If yes. you're not a patron, become a patron. Woot woot. We do Q&A episodes. video episodes now and ad-free episodes and a lot of other stuff. And the, and the video technology is kind of hilarious. Yep. Patreon.com slash Daily Beans. The Daily Beans. Fuck. Slash the Daily Beans. And let's see, number four. In general, what justifies overruling line prosecutors on a sentencing recommendation within the guideline range? Uh, What standard do you apply? Is it written down anywhere? Uh, Isn't it against your Justice Department's policy not to seek a sentence within the guidelines range and indeed not to seek the maximum for Stone? So that's a good question. Uh, then we have, uh, skip a couple here, number seven. Can you provide this committee with specific instances, since you have been attorney general under Trump, where you have intervened in a sentencing recommendation on a case that did not personally affect or involve the president or someone <laughs> knows him personally? Oh, God. The answer oh, is no, man. by the way. Yeah, seriously, that's going to be, oh, well, he'll get these beforehand, right? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to give him the questions beforehand. I don't think so, because the follow-ups, like... They didn't in his confirmation hearing, I don't think. Huh. Uh, number eight, Lindsey Graham Cracker said that the revised sentence was, in fact, within the guideline range because the victim allegedly didn't feel threatened. But the guidelines range depends on whether the threat included violence, not whether the person threatened did or didn't feel threatened. And given that Stone's threat did include violence, the original sentence was the one actually within the guidelines range. So isn't Senator Graham simply incorrect? Mm. I was right yesterday. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't think it matters how the person felt because Credico went mm-hmm. on CNN and was like, I didn't feel threatened. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. And I look, I was right. Justsecurity.org yeah. agreed with me. Especially if you can be like, since he's a witness tamperer, when you could have someone just be convinced to say otherwise, you know, like tell them. That you didn't feel threatened. Yeah, I didn't feel threatened at all. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, then that's, they can't rely on that. Yeah, he might be terrified that he's going to come after him and his dog unless he goes on TV and said he didn't feel threatened. Mm-hmm. He he might have threatened him to write that fucking letter to mm-hmm. the Department of Justice for all we know. I'll come after your dog. I'm get, get you my pretty and your dog too mm-hmm. if you don't you know write this letter to the Department of Justice. You never know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, so that is correct. And and then they're asking is is Graham wrong if that's the case. 
Um, number nine, the revised sentencing recommendation asked the judge to take into account Stone's age and health. However, the guidelines allow health to be considered only for an extraordinary physical impairment, such as in the case of a seriously infirm def- defendant, home detention may be as efficient as and less costly than imprisonment. Hmm. Uh, and age can be a consideration only if it creates conditions that are of uh, an unusual degree and distinguish the case from the typical cases covered by the guidelines. What extraordinary or unusual conditions does Stone have uh, that meets these tests set out in your guidelines? Well, that explains Manafort's wheelchair then, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> An appeal to that If definition. he has gout, let him out. Remember? <laughs> yeah. Remember that? Um, all right. Part two, handling of the Ukraine whistleblower complaint. Uh, do you hereby testify that everything said in the Department of Justice statements about your involvement in the president's and Rudy Giuliani's actions toward Ukraine is true and accurate, including the following? And then they quote him a bunch. Basically, they're just like, when you said this, when you said this, when when you said this. And the answers, the answers are no. These are set up questions that we already know the answers to. Uh, number 12, when you saw that your name was included in the call memorandum at the center of the Ukraine whistleblowers complaint and in the complaint itself, did you consider recusing yourself from anything related to the complaint? Whom did you consult about a potential recusal? What led you to decide not to recuse? That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number 13, there is a longstanding rule still in effect that requires that possible election law violations like the ones raised by the whistleblowers complaint be referred to the just by the Justice Department to the Federal Elections Commission. Why didn't you order such a referral in this case? If you weren't aware of this rule, you are now, thanks to this question. So will you be making the required referral? And then they say, no, because it would be pointless and the FEC has no power. Right we now. don't have a quorum. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough people. Then follow up question. When are you going to appoint people to the Federal mm-hmm. Elections Commission? Number 14. Why was it appropriate for a whistleblower complaint that addressed the behavior by the president and his National Security Council lawyers to be shared with the White House? I've always wondered that myself. Uh, number 18. Have there been other whistleblower complaints forwarded to you that your department has concluded did not warrant forwarding to the appropriate member of Congress? Ooh. Hmm. Uh, number 19, what would you say to members of Congress who publicly use the name of individuals alleged to be whistleblowers, given the legal protections afforded to whistleblowers and the emphasis on the anonymity available to them? Yep. Would love to hear that answer. <laughs> Rand Paul. Because fuck that law, basically. Butthole. Yeah. Well, that's like, I mean, that's just down to the rules. That's yeah. just like a rule following thing, which is not their strong suit. No, no. <laughs> um, and the chief rule enforcer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Number 20. Oh, this is part three, investigating the investigators. Mm. Uh, Number 20, after the Justice Department Inspector General issued his report on the 2016 counterintelligence investigation, U.S. Attorney John Durham, that's the Connecticut guy, issued a statement casting doubt on the report's findings, a stark departure from typical practice, and commenting on Durham's own ongoing criminal investigation, another stark departure from typical practice. What communications did you have with Durham before he issued the statement? Regardless of any communications with Durham then, do you regard his statement as appropriate? And if so, why? You also made statements about Durham's ongoing investigation into interviews with the press. Have you ever commented on an ongoing criminal investigation before? Hmm. Doot, doot. I mean, it would appear that he's the one that tasked Durham with that investigation. Yeah. Right? Uh, number 22, reports indicate that you've installed DOJ prosecutors to review the work of other DOJ prosecutors who successfully obtained a guilty plea from former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. Even as this case remains ongoing and the prosecutors on the case need to appear before a federal judge for Flynn's long-awaited sentencing, what precedent is there for this type of second-guessing of prosecutors, even as a criminal prosecution remains ongoing, especially in the absence of any apparent improprieties or misdeeds? What standards did you apply when determining that this particular case deserved this unusual scrutiny? 
Even if you cannot discuss an ongoing review, under what conditions would you bring an, an outside prosecutor to review an existing prior criminal case for wrongdoing rather than the inspector general? Mm-hmm. Number 23, the same reports indicated that you have or are planning to have DOJ lawyers second guess other cases of particular interest to the president. What cases are those? What standards did you apply and will you apply to identify those cases? And what historical precedent is there for this approach? Yes. Good questions. Very good questions. Good questions. Uh, Part four, new policy for opening campaign-related investigations. Is there any precedent for requiring the personal approval of the attorney general himself for the FBI to simply take the initial step of opening investigation? Mm -hmm. Uh, And there are several other questions in this section, but um, I'm going to skip ahead here to part five, the miscellaneous section. Question 31, Manafort. Uh, For whom else other than Paul Manafort have you or your deputy attorney general interceded to change prison conditions? What was your personal role in that decision? Do you have any communication with the president or White House staff about Manafort's transfer to Rikers before the Justice Department's leadership intervened on Manafort's behalf? Hmm. So basically, why did you Mm -hmm. keep him out of Rikers? Mm -hmm. Number 32 is about Hulk Bank. Did you have any communications with the president or White House staff about the criminal investigation of Turkey's Hulk Bank? Did you try to avoid criminal indictment of the bank in the Southern District of New York? Yes. Why would the president, uh, and we know this now, this is public reporting, why would the president or you uh, try to avoid criminal indictment of the bank given the serious allegations that it engaged in a multi-billion dollar scheme to violate U.S. sanctions against Iran? Because we profit off of it. (laughs) Uh, Number 33, about Flynn. Why, in Michael Flynn's case, would you not want to have the court consider that he lied after pleading guilty, that he failed to cooperate, and that your indicted case in the Eastern District of Virginia was hurt by his reneging? Why is probation still appropriate? Um, Hush money payments, number 34. Did you have any involvement in the Southern District of New York's decision to close the investigation of hush money payments that implicated the president? Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Uh, number 35. I don't have public reporting on that. I just right. know, I just know it's true. <laughs> number 35. On Durham. Has the president ever communicated with you about his view on the speed of the Durham investigation, including when will Durham conclude his work and how that timing relates to Election Day 2020? Hmm. And finally, Crossfire Hurricane. Do you have any reason to dispute the Inspector General Michael Horowitz's testimony in which he stated... We did, we, we did meet with Mr. Durham. He said during the meeting that the information from the friendly foreign government was, in his view, sufficient to support the preliminary investigation. So that, that basically... That being the Mueller investigation. Crossfire hurricane. Yeah. Was opened with proper a predicate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then the friendly foreign government was Australia, Alexander Downer. FFG, they call it. Very technical. <laughs> so those are the bulk of the questions. I mm-hmm. left a few out. Go to justsecurity.org to read the entire list. They're all very good. Yeah, yeah great questions. Definitely. Yeah, those are all great. And it makes me hard thinking that they have the answers to them already. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, justice boners. Yeah. Justice boner. Yep. All right. Um, we will be right back uh, with Pardon Palooza. So stick around. Hey, everybody, this is AG, and this episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by the folks at Native. It is so difficult to find a deodorant that's aluminum-free but still effective. Um, It seems to me like every conventional deodorant contains aluminum, and the problem with that is it can be linked to serious health issues, like it can form plugs in your sweat glands and keep you from sweating. But Native's deodorant is made without additives like aluminum, parabens, or talc. Instead, it's formulated with safe natural ingredients like shea butter and coconut oil. It's also vegan, and it's never tested on animals. Muy importante to us. So making the switch to an aluminum-free deodorant 
doesn't mean you have to sacrifice on performance. Native keeps you smelling and feeling fresh all day with over 10 amazing scents, including their classics, lavender and rose, coconut and vanilla, eucalyptus and mint, and cucumber and mint. My current favorite, it switches because I have them all and I love them all, is lavender and rose. Uh, And they also have rotating seasonal scents as well as unscented options and a baking soda-free formula for those with sensitivities. So you'll you'll be sure to find one that, that works for you. Native comes in a wide variety of options for everyone, and there's no risk to try it. No risk. They have free shipping on every order and 30-day free returns and exchanges, hassle-free in the United States. Uh, so check out the over 9,000 five-star reviews from happy customers who made the switch. I like that it's a solid. It goes on easy. It goes on clear. And the aluminum-free formula doesn't stain my clothes. So for 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS during checkout. That is 20% off your first purchase. Go to nativedeodorant.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS. You'll be glad you did. Okay, everybody, welcome back. So what, pardon me, <sighs> what's happening today? Yeah, uh, so Trump went on a pardon craze today. You said pardon palooza. <laughs> <laughs> um, erasing the sentences of a handful of crimers who were all indicted, um, some of them actually serving jail time, some of them not, uh, all related to financial crimes, including fraud, corruption, and lying. So here's some of the people and what Trump did for them. The list is pretty extensive, so I'm just going to go over some some big hot ones. Um I don't know why I said that. First one. <laughs> uh, hot notes, hot ones. Rob Blagojevich. I know uh, that name. Former Democratic governor of Illinois. Uh, he was actually still in the middle of a 14-year sentence for basically trying to sell Obama's vacated Senate seats. The king of quid pro quo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, Trump said that he got a tremendously powerful, ridiculous sentence and unrelated, I'm sure, Rob once appeared on The Celebrity Apprentice, mm. which is... Oh, unrelated. Unrelated. Mm. Trump's show. And when Senator asked... Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> really? Yeah. Fucking New York, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, no, we're in the wrong business. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Trump said this about Rob. Seemed like a very nice person. Don't know him. <laughs> That's what he told the He got the coffee for us on Apprentice. He's a coffee guy. Yeah. So there's that guy. Another person is Michael R. Milken. He was an investment banker known as the junk bond king. Uh, He got indicted on securities fraud. And he was originally sentenced to 10 years, but that was later reduced to two years. He paid $600 million in fines and penalties. Fun fact, he was the inspiration for the Gordon Gecko character in the film Wall Street. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And Giuliani was one of the guys that was really pushing for his pardon. I'm really hoping that they're going to look extensively into the connections between these names and people like Giuliani, because all of these recommendations were made to Trump by, you know, obviously a circle of people that either benefited from their relations with these folks or think that there's still something to gain by getting on their good side right now. So I really think, I mean, I'll add some more commentary at the end overall, but especially when Giuliani's name is getting thrown around. I feel very, very sketchy about all of that as if this wasn't sketchy enough, but I continue. Next guy, Bernard B. Carrick, another guy on the list. He was a former New York City police commissioner. He was sentenced to four years in prison after pleading guilty to eight felony charges, including tax fraud and lying to White House officials. He totally accepted guilt, uh, it, it looks like. He was really close with Giuliani, though. He was actually Giuliani's bodyguard and chauffeur. And then he says, with the exception of the birth of my children... <laughs> Today is one of the greatest days of my life. So he's feeling entirely absolved of his wrongdoings. Family man. Family man, but also very close to Giuliani. Family man, 
ironically. <laughs> With the exception of the birth of my children. God. Gross. Yeah. You have an abortion of your crimes. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, and another guy. <laughs> another <laughs> another guy is Edward DeBartolo. Um, is it DeBartolo or DeBartolo? DeBartolo. 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 Thank you. Former 40, Forty ers owner, yeah. I think. Yeah, I actually do like football. I'm sorry. Uh, former owner of the <laughs> San Francisco 49ers. He pled guilty in 98 to trying to conceal an extortion attempt. He didn't go to prison. He was fined a million dollars, though, and he was suspended for a year by the NFL. And there's for each of these guys, there's like a different group of people that uh, were pushing for their, you know, clemency. Um, But this is just like very, very concerning the timing of it all, because these are people that got caught and Mm -hmm. a lot of them were brought to justice for their crimes that Mm -hmm. related to corruption, a lot of financial crimes. Mm -hmm. And Trump is obviously using this as a stunt to Mm -hmm. send the message I will take care of you Mm -hmm. if you commit financial crimes. I will fight for your sentence to be lessened, if not expunged completely. And it's terrifying. Uh, Bill Pascrell Jr., Democrat of New Jersey, said in a statement, The pardoning of these disgraced figures should be treated as another national scandal by a lawless executive. In office, Trump has used pardons almost exclusively to shield unrepentant felons, racists, and corrupt scoundrels like Blagojevich. <laughs> yeah, I know. I fucking love when that word is used well. <laughs> <laughs> you scoundrel. Scoundrels. <laughs> it's the best. Um, and corrupt scoundrels like Blagojevich and now Milken, one of the most prolific financial criminals in U.S. history. Wow. Yeah. So, terrifying. Yeah. Dirty Trumpy scoundrels. It's a really big list of people that mm-hmm. are really big names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, fucking, yeah, that guy is the basis of an entire character in a movie. It's like consequential figures that are going to stand out in history, at least in financial crimes history, for a and, long time. And the timing just gives everything oh, away. Yeah. Just gives his whole motive away. He's just, it, it, you know, we always say he's lubing the truth. He, mm-hmm. He's lubing the pardon for, right. for, um, for Stone, Flynn, and Manafort. Oh, yeah. Well, we thought Scooter Libby was, you know, sketchy, and that was because of Stone, right? Wasn't that around Stone time? I think that was more around Manafort time. Was it? Yeah. Like, right up, like every time he, like, one of his buddies is about to get sentenced, he'll pardon somebody who's committed the same crimes. Mm, yes. Yeah. yeah. So he's so when sending a message. Right. When it happened with Scooter Libby, it was like, oh, God, this is fucking gross. Then he did it again with a bunch of people. Yeah. So many people. So there's that. Next. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving along. Yeah. <laughs> I would be the worst actual news anchor. <laughs> Just, uh, are you ready for no segue? Yes. <laughs> Next. Well, that's the end of that. Is that Brian Regan who said that? I, don't I can't know. remember. Some comedian. Oh, add him to the list of favorite comics in ah. one of those questions. Ah, uh, yes. That was our, on our Q and A. Patreon. Yeah, Patreon Q and A. Yeah, patron only thing. Uh, next story. Audit released by Democratic State Auditor Nicole Galloway shows that the Missouri Attorney General's office may have misused funds to boost Republican Josh Hawley's Senate campaign. Kansas City Star reports at the core of the possible misuse was Hawley's decision within weeks of his January 2017 swearing in as attorney general to import out-of-state political consultants to help direct his office and raise his national profile. Those same advisors would go on to run his 2018 campaign that unseated Democrat uh, Senator Claire McCaskill. So essentially the issue here, it's hard to get, come to any sort of an actual determination in the report because the report concludes 
you know, they regularly did a bunch of state business off all the government servers and they used a lot of private email and text messaging. So reminiscent of the inconclusive nature of some of Mueller's findings, uh, quote unquote, because it's hard to catch a criminal if they're doing all their shit offline. But the question really is, did he... Analog criminals. Yeah. Did he basically, on the state's dollar, bring all of these political consultants in for an office that was an office that was going to benefit, you know, the, the attorney general's office? And then did he use that time and those payments and, and the services that he got with those payments to actually just help him get elected in the Senate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it is gross. Uh, the report says, by allowing campaign paid consultants to interact and advise attorney general's office staff, Former Attorney General Hawley potentially used state resources for political purposes. He totally did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb. Yeah. And say he did. Yeah. He, <laughs> he did that shit. Probably. It's a strong limb, I think. It's a strong <laughs> limb to go out on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gross. Yeah. That's it. Mm. That's my block. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. No, that uh, like I said every day. Every time I send you stories, to like no, I'm it's like, okay. this sucks. I think th- this is why people are fucking loving the good news block. You yeah, know? because mm-hmm. it's all a, it's a it's just a it's just a tsunami of shit every day. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's nice to have a little treat at yeah. the end. And yeah. we do have some really good news today. Mm-hmm. Yes. So why don't we just go right to the next ad and and we'll be back with the good news. Yeah, stay with us. Hey everybody, it's AG and I want to tell you guys about an amazing new service I found called FrameBridge. FrameBridge makes it incredibly easy and affordable to custom frame your favorite things from art prints and posters to the travel photos sitting on your phone. Here's how it works. Just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo or they'll send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces. Then you preview your item online in dozens of frames and styles and you choose your favorite uh, or you can get free recommendations from their talented designers and the experts at FrameBridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door ready to hang. Instead of the hundreds you would pay at a framing store, their prices start at $39 and all shipping is free. Plus, our listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use our code DAILYBEANS. So get started today, frame your photos, or send some someone the perfect gift and go to framebridge.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS to save an additional 15% off your first order. Again, that's framebridge.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS. Framebridge.com, promo code DAILYBEANS. You'll be glad you did. Well, we'll float on good news is on the way. Okay, welcome back. I have some good news today for Ooh, you. Love that. It is the good news block. Jock jam in my life. Uh, <laughs> first of all, Stacey Abrams, former Georgia gubernatorial candidate, currently working to battle voter suppression, says she absolutely sees herself running for president one day, Ooh. but would be honored to be selected as a VP candidate in the 2020 Ooh. cycle. Yeah, I saw that. She said, I would be doing a disservice to every woman of color, every woman of ambition, every child who wants to think beyond their own known space for me to say no or to pretend I don't want it. Of course mm-hmm. I want it. Of course I want to serve America. Of course I want to be a patriot and do this work. Fuck mm-hmm. yeah. Weren't there beans on Biden picking her? I don't know. Bloomberg just gave a shit ton of money to Fair Fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her organization. Yeah. And in mm-hmm. fact, she's so far declined to endorse any specific candidate. Mm-hmm. But like you said, according to the latest FEC filing from February 7th, her PAC, Fair Fight, mm-hmm has raised nearly $20 million, $5 million of that coming from Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. Damn. 
When asked about that on The View, she said, I'm grateful to any person who contributes to Fair Fight. We have more than 100,000 contributors. His check just had a few more zeros on it. We appreciate that because, as I said, I'm not endorsing anyone. My job is to make sure no matter who shows up that they get to vote for who they want. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bloomberg, by the way, has qualified to appear on the debate stage this Wednesday in Nevada. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He made that final poll, that new national poll that came out, put, put Bernie ahead. Uh, and he came in, he's 31% and he's at 19. He's number two. Yeah, yeah. Bernie is a double digit lead, but Bloomberg is in second place. It's wild. He's just, it just makes no sense. Money, money, money. Well, I guess if you spend $300 million. Yeah. yeah. I know. I just didn't. I, and the money that we turned down seems like now just a drop in the well, but it would have been so much for yeah. us. But mm-hmm. it's like, I, I you know, we got to stand by our principles. You know, I, I consistently underestimate the effects of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what money can really buy you? Mm. That's crazy to me. Yeah. 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 I mean, he, and he's doing fairly well in some of the, in polling in some of the more moderate states to come, you mm-hmm. know? So, yeah. And I'm not even like saying this as a knock on him, just simply based off of the fact that he was not, mm-hmm. he was, hasn't debated at all. Yeah. Hasn't debated mm-hmm. at all. Hasn't really put his face in front of the American people mm-hmm. and, and accept in ads. And that's why I think a lot of people are like, who would normally be just pissed that he bought his way onto this debate stage are actually glad he's going to be on the debate stage because he's going to have to answer these I, questions now. I feel the same way. I think he should be on the debate stage. I'm I'm happy he actually qualified for this because I think that he I'm needs just to sad stand they up. changed the rules in such a way that say, would have yeah. allowed yeah, of Booker or Harris to continue Absolutely. to be on the debate stages. Right. The only reason he's on the debate stage is because they changed those rules, right? Yeah, you have to have, I think they change the rules around the amount of grassroots support you have to have. Mm-hmm. Gra- the amount they of got rid of it donations. entirely, I think, yeah. the grassroots yeah. donation thing. But but one rule they didn't change was you have to um, have at least 10% in four national polls, I think, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, they left the polling. Yeah, they left the polling. So he qualified. So he went to states where no one was spending any mm-hmm. money and spent a shitload of money and yep. got the polls up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I... I I don't think it's good they changed the rules, but at this juncture, I'm glad to see him on the stage because he needs to answer questions. Right. If yeah. he is polling that high on national polls, then you need to see what the fuck. Yep. Yeah, he does. Yeah, because yeah, people have been been saying like he's hiding behind his money and we want to hear what he has to say about his stop and frisk and about what he said I about mean, transgender people and what he said about this and what he said about women and et cetera, et cetera. Warren and Sanders are going to tear him apart. <laughs> Uh, they'll, yeah. Everyone's going to try you to know? tear him apart. I mean, this is exactly what what. Warren and Sanders are talking about billionaires buying elections. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. just total fodder for their entire message. Yeah, I ho- somewhere in my heart of hearts, I hope that he knows that he's not going to be the nominee, mm-hmm. and he's just in here to to spend money to get uh, spotlights on other people and to to put these ads out against Trump, and and then he'll back away like like Homer Simpson in the shrub, and then like keep throwing money. <laughs> At, at whoever the nominee is. That's what I hope that he's oh, doing. I don't know. I feel like he wants to buy this nomination and drag the entire Democratic Party further, further to the right, right. permanently. That's I don't what know. I think. Yeah, I don't know. It is really crazy to me to think, though, that when you're looking at like more moderate candidates just across the board on paper, qualifications wise, 100% Biden should be that candidate. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And he yeah. is doing so poorly. Yeah. And then Buttigieg and Klobuchar came up, and that was like, oh, surprising. wow, this is, yeah, this is surprising. Mm-hmm. And now Bloomberg is coming up and throwing them out. And it's like, this is unbelievable, honestly. That's how I'm feeling about this. There Again, could also be a, a situation where Bloomberg wants to take Sanders out. Out and leave Warren in, in the lead. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's that theory, uh, and I kind of can see that happening, hmm. where uh, these two top contenders beat the shit out of each other so much that they end up not becoming the nominee, and one of the 
more moderate, mm-hmm. not that Warren's moderate, but uh, one of more unity, I guess, candidates right. or a, more, or a yeah. moderate candidate can rise above it. That Who is knows? interesting. Uh, I, I've thought about that being a possibility, too, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's intentional or not. Right. That is an interesting thought. I do think, though, I think, I do think. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> you don't think? I do think that the gap between Warren and Sanders is a lot bigger than the gap between the moderates, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, the arg- and we're, when we're talking about people beating each other out, it seems more likely that that's going to happen amongst the moderates. But, I don't know. Warren, I really think, is going to do a lot better in the next states yeah. coming up. But I will I think. say, with Bloomberg in the mix now, it's even more... It's even more of a fragmented moderate wing of the party, right? Mm-hmm. So that only yeah. that only helps Bernie. I don't know. I'm very curious to see what happens I'm here. I'm so curious. I, I don't think Michael Bloomberg is is running for any other reason than in that he wants to be president and probably to protect his wealth. <laughs> but I think I think like that's yeah, a kind of a dumb way to protect your wealth, dumping four hundred million dollars on a mm. yeah, especially a running as a Democrat. It. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also look, not. I mean, I'm being like, negative here. Clearly, my feelings about it are coming out. At the same time, also, I, I, I have heard a lot of people make the argument as to why he would be a good unity candidate, because mm-hmm. he would rally an entirely different group of people mm-hmm. than a more progressive Democratic candidate. But he would. also has money and that, right. that, that walks. You yeah. Know? yeah. If absolutely. he was just trying to protect his own wealth, he could just right. run as a Republican and, and outspend Trump. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't think he would beat Trump, though, right? Right, no, well, I know. Because there, there's not, not the even ballots. primaries. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if he wanted yeah. to, if he wanted Trump to win, he would run as a third party and spoil it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not those two things. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Uh, but who who knows what's in his heart of hearts, man? Yeah, I have no idea. Very curious it's for the It's down debate. here. My eyes are up here. I can't see that low. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's not right. That was a Trumpian thing to say. I apologize. <laughs> uh, Sarah Gideon just pulled ahead of Susan Collins in Maine. Yay. Oh, Democrat. 43 to 42. Mm. Yay. Uh, Obama trolled Trump pretty hard on the economy on President's Day, tweeting out, 11 years ago today, near the bottom of the worst recession in generations, I signed the Recovery Act, paving the way for more than a decade of economic growth and the longest streak of job creation in American history. Fuck. Yes. (laughs) And Trump goes mad about it. I'm going to take my beast around NASCAR. Um, (laughs) And Obama has spoken up. He says he's going to campaign heavily in 2020. Um, but he hasn't endorsed anyone. He says he'll do so vigorously, which is good. His voice was missing, I think, in, in 2016, but we'll mm-hmm. see how that goes. Yeah. Um, he hasn't said who he's going to support. Uh, my guess is he's going to do like like we do and just sort of chill and wait to see who the nominee is and then poof, like mm-hmm. just go all in. Yeah, I mean, that's the tough part mm-hmm. about having this platform is like, it, again, it's this like vote blue no matter who thing. You don't want to come out against anyone super strongly in case you need to support them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So but you also want to give people the space yeah. to discuss their candidates. Absolutely. It's yeah. a, t- it's a it's hard, a, it is hard. It's kind of a tightrope walk. You know, uh-huh. it, it's, it definitely is. It is hard too. I just feel that pressured with our platform alone because, yeah. you know, we talk about Bloomberg and I have a very tough time trying to not make it sound super negative, but yeah. I'm struggling with the thought of the process of electing a party's candidate being incredibly influenced by outside money. So yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's the ultimate lesson in hey, if they're if 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 corporations are people, then I'm gonna use that rule that you guys came up with to beat you over the head with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I would I would. That sounds right. I mean, I'm sure if Joe was doing a lot better right now, he would come out in support of Joe, but he's not. So. Oh yeah, yeah. And Joe yeah. not doing well right now doesn't have anything to do with Bloomberg spending money. So no, no. I just yeah, mean in he general. was not doing well before. Bloomberg. No, no, no. I'm saying I think if Joe was doing had if he had won one of the first two contests, Obama probably would come out sooner in I support agree. of him. But mm-hmm. not it's not a good look to come out in support of a loser. 
<laughs> yeah, well, it would just be <laughs> the such real a... reason we haven't endorsed anyone. <laughs> yeah, it would it would be a complete waste of his voice. Yeah, to get behind Joe Biden at this point. Yeah, yeah, I I think he'll he'll probably hold off until we get mm-hmm. until After either Super a nominee Tuesday. is is chosen or one seems mm-hmm. obvious. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, Boy Scouts of America has filed for bankruptcy, but. This sounded like good news at first, but it's kind of bad news because all pending lawsuits have to stop now. Uh, 8,000 leaders abused more than 12,000 scouts. Jesus Christ. It appears that by filing bankruptcy, the Boy Scouts of America is now attempting to skirt those lawsuits. The bankruptcy court will now file a deadline for men to come forward and seek justice. Legal experts believe the BSA is actually very rich and has a lot of assets and plenty to pay damages to Mm -hmm. these men, to the survivors. Uh, BSA, uh, I think, should be liquidated. I think their assets should be sold off to pay restitution to mm-hmm. the survivors um, with the help of other supporting organizations, organizations that support the Boy Scouts of America, such as the Catholic Church and the Mormon Church. Yep. <laughs> they can chip in. Yep. Yep. Yeah, pretty much like all Mormons are Eagle Scouts. I don't think I ever knew a single Mormon guy that wasn't an Eagle Scout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And scouting's great if you can keep the crap out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but like... W- and when I say crap, I mean all the, you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we got you. Pedophile crap. Pedophile crap, religious crap. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, so I someone might need it. And look how I turned out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I actually, you know, I have to say, I was in uh, the Canadian equivalent, Girl, Girl Guides, it's called. And it was honestly a really hugely important part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. And taught me a lot and my mom was a leader for a long long time too did a lot of community stuff did it have a lot of religion in it not really sort of passive um because our our pledge was on my honor i will try to serve god and my country and live by the girls wow i didn't know that i never did it i yeah it was a little bit i mean i grew up in a pretty small town so it was it was a little churchy but like a lot of the leaders in my town were you know moderately progressive i think it wasn't super churchy i mean it was often held in the basement of churches just as a not a good start well it's just because (laughs) free space yeah it's a free space right to to host these sorts of things but libraries and churches and schools yeah everybody pay us money i'm taking your children to our basement (laughs) (laughs) reminds me of that billy bonnell joke with the tide truck (laughs) what what does he say (laughs) he talks about how when he was a kid at soccer practice there's a commercial where like kids are playing soccer and Mm -hmm. a tide van pulls up Uh and they come over the kids all run over and they have like grass stains and the tide guys like hey take off your clothes and put them in the side (laughs) of the van (laughs) so and i think uh the punchline is that like eventually he gets home from soccer practice this kid and his clothes and his uniforms like totally white no grass stains whatever and dad was like did they not play you today did they not put you in oh no i played i scored goals but this guy drove up in a van and told us to get naked <laughs> oh boy and then he says but at least he was at the game dad <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite punchlines in all of comedy uh, so funny billy bonnell check him out mm-hmm. all right time for a little schadenfreude schadenfreude this is my favorite the, the little conservative asshole known as gun girl hey that chick met Caitlin with bennett Yep, mm. she met with a furious crowd of protesters at Ohio University who swarmed her and tailed her off campus. According to the Washington Post, students swarmed Caitlin Bennett and her companions in a tense Monday encounter captured in several viral videos, yelling, flipping them off, and at one point throwing drinks into, through an open window of their truck. Campus police, um, I don't know if it was a milkshake, <laughs> campus police have said the clash was nonviolent, no arrests were made because both sides were simply exercising their 1A rights. Um, gun <laughs> girl has... <laughs> 
Gun Girl has pledged she'll be back with an army of gun owners for an open carry walk through campus. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Do it. Cool. She, do it. Cool. Oh, my God. Who fucking cares about you? My favorite thing that she does is when she goes out and interviews people about issues like trans bathroom rights or whatever. That and was the, a funny one. God. Mm-hmm. She's... That guy, the guy's response? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The guy's response. She was just like, perfect lesson in diffusing. Yeah. He was like, I don't care. She was like, well, what do you think if in women's bathroom there's places for... Tampons. Yeah. It was just, you know... She was like, should a guy buy a tampon? He's like, I don't know. Maybe he needs a tampon. <laughs> also, yeah. the thing that I find so utterly ridiculous about this is like, we all have gender neutral <laughs> bathrooms in our fucking houses. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway. Well, my tampon machine is out of order. It. But... But then it's like, but yeah, so but my, then I know. But sorry, so is my menstrual cycle. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. No, no, no worries. I'm sorry. I mean, the best part about Caitlin Bennett is that she's kind of like like a Tommy Lauren, but she gets out there into the street and and like isn't afraid to get owned publicly. It's great. Mm-hmm. Like it's like Tommy Lauren on the streets. Ugh. <laughs> That's so just, yeah. it's just so fucking annoying. I hope and she the, has her dad's approval now, though. Well, the annoying part, too, is like, <laughs> this is Aww. exactly what she wants, you know? That's like why she does it. She wants to have videos go viral of people throwing drinks at her. So then she can be like, pussy liberal snowflakes or whatever she says. Well, her and, videos went viral. Those are the only two words she cares about. Mm. Yes, exactly. Wait, went viral? Yeah, these videos yeah, went yeah. viral. I was thinking the two words. Video viral. Video viral. Yes, yes. <laughs> viral video. Viral video. Yeah. But then, I don't know. Went. To me, it's like- Went and video are yes. her two favorite. No, I'm just kidding. We, <laughs> we used to have a guy, I think like th- there's an organization that sends out all these ultra-religious sign, you know, like gays go to hell kind the of people. Westboro people? Y- yeah, mm. basically. Or like there was a, there was one guy that was like- Ah, oh, fuck. What did he say? Show, he goes, um, ask me, ask me about an atheist and I show you this man. And it was like a picture of Hitler. Just like crazy, crazy, you know, Hitler anti, was a Christian. Just insane. This man's just completely insane. But he gets paid by a church, an organization that is affiliated with a, a church. I'm not trying to knock on churches. It's a crazy facet of society is what I'm saying yeah. that bring these people out. And then every single time it just creates this whole circle of college students who are just yelling at this guy, asking him antagonistic questions and stuff. And it's like, it's very cathartic. I admittedly engaged in it every time he was there, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like, because it's just so fuck. It like gets trying your, to do. Yeah. That's what he's mm-hmm. trying to do. The best way to handle him, honestly, is just to fucking walk on by mm, and just yeah. act like he's not even there because he's so inconsequential and non-important and that's all he wants. But if they want to throw shit at her, I don't give a fuck. Do that shit too. Whatever. Who fucking cares? Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> Saw the shine on my forehead Feelings and kept on trucking. <laughs> yes. That's a good old, uh, oh, what's his name? You know, the pathological liar. Yeah, he was in The Wedding Singer. <laughs> yeah. John Lovitz. Oh. <laughs> one of his old jokes. Oh. One of his old uh, Saturday Night Live bits. Mm. Also, didn't give me the time of day. That's All funny. right. Isn't John Lovitz, uh, he's in Rat Race? Yeah. When they go to the Hitler Museum. Oh my God. I've seen that <laughs> movie in all years. Around. That oh. scene is so great. I, there are two great culmination scenes in, 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 in celluloid history. It's the rat race one at the Hitler Museum, and it's four rooms when he's got the bottle of liquor and the fireworks and the whore's leg and the, oh, and the needle and the kid drinking the liquor, and there's a, a something's on fire, and Antonio Banderas walks in and says, Did they misbehave? <laughs> 
Uh, All right. So uh, we have uh, one last <laughs> one last thing here. Let's get social. Hashtag. And just to close this up today, uh, today uh, hashtag trending hashtag National Drink Wine Day. Ooh. Um, <laughs> so that uh, is probably going to happen in my house tonight. That's very fun. Yeah. Mm. I have yeah. to go to the gym early, though, so it's not National Drink a lot of wine day. Yeah, or you can have <laughs> National Drink Grape Juice Day if yeah. you just want to put some shit in a glass. That's yeah. purple. Or Martinelli's. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I like that. The most 30-year-old thing about me is that I'm really getting to white wine for the first time. Ooh, white mm-hmm. wine. Mm-hmm. I feel like you have to get good white wine, though, or else it gives you like a real bad hangover. Yeah, if white wine sweet. makes me headachy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's really sweet. I've never been... I can't get into wine. I don't know why. No, was, no. You should be abducted by Somalia pirates. Mm. <laughs> That's that old joke. <laughs> you guys, I think a we're a little cruise. tired today. Everybody needs... I'm actually feeling incredibly energized. Are you? <laughs> yeah. Did you say right. booze clues? <laughs> no, I said booze cruise. Oh. <laughs> Somalia pirates. Booze <laughs> <laughs> clues. Blues clues. I'm all wine and blues clues. Let's oh, do it. That guy's so cute. It's quite that's a vibe. Great. Yeah. Um, cool. All yeah. right, that's our show. Any final thoughts? I finally saw Parasite. Mm-hmm. Fucking amazing. All Obviously, right. worthy, worthy. Best picture. Very worthy. Very worthy. And like twenty minutes in, you forget you're even reading. It's kind of amazing because nice. everything it's it's in Korean. So just like I'm an awful reader. Like very like I think I have a learning disability. Like a- same. I tend to avoid subtitled movies for that reason. And, yeah, and so. Um, that's really good to know. Yeah, and it's like incredibly easy to follow and it makes me and I want to watch Korean like a lot more Korean cinema now. Mm. I say a lot more. That's literally the only Korean movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but if you have recommendations, I'd love to have them because it was such an incredible fusion of like dark comedy and I know that 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 has a lot to do with the writer and director who I know is like incredible and has other movies that mm-hmm. are in English, but but there's such a beautiful fusion first off it's like a class criticism Mm -hmm. movie for sure but it's so much more than that and then there's there's so many uh dark comedy moments that just like seamlessly turn into just incredibly dramatic moments it's so good i cannot recommend it enough one of my favorite um vietnamese films uh that you should check out is called vertical ray of the sun thank you Mm -hmm. i will look that up every shot in that film is just so beautiful yes you know what shots i would love if people would tweet at us at daily beans pod with your best foreign language film from the last five years yeah yeah absolutely what's your favorite foreign language film from the last five years you know what's funny i used to watch a lot more foreign language movies but I, I leave out. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Mm-hmm. Leave out the uh, parasite. Yeah, leave out we parasite. Got we got that one covered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Separate. I used to watch a lot more of them. Um, but now I realize that I have to be really in the zone and not fucking around my phone when I'm watching. Oh, totally. Which movie? I think that's one of the things. It's more I, of a commitment. Yeah, it's so nice though because it is so engaging. Right. You, you can't. do that when you're browsing Netflix though. You're like, uh, is it something I have to pay attention to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, or can we just put on The Office or Thirty? Rock? Yeah. Yeah. Or MasterChef. That's my go-to. <gasps> I'm fucking obsessed with MasterChef. I need to get back into Drag Race. I've missed the last few seasons. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I also love, uh, what's the one where they make clothes? Project Runway. Mm, yes. Ooh, speaking of gay TV, I just watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, what was it called? I think it was called Visible Out on Television. Yeah. So I just watched this like mini series and it was called Visible Out on Television and it was really good. It was like chronicling the last few decades of like LGBT representation on TV and how that changed things politically. And it was it was really amazing. Where do you see where do you find it? I do not know. I want to say Hulu. It's streaming somewhere. Streaming somewhere. Yeah. Apple 
I watch. Is it Apple TV? Yeah. Yeah, it's called Visible Out on Television. Awesome. Nice. I got I got you with the with the gay TV recommendations, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Thank you. Yeah, and, and Joelle has us with the cooking shows. Mm-hmm. Do, what's her favorite? The Bake Off? Great British Bake Off. Oh, yeah, yeah. it relaxes her, puts her to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I had such a crazy, this will be quick. I had a crazy <laughs> thing happen with MasterChef. Truly, there is no bigger MasterChef fan than myself and Ryan, and it is really ridiculous. Are you obsessed? I am obsessed. One of the seasons, there's a character named Dan who is his character is kind of being like a frat bro idiot sort of but he's actually like really talented but he just like doesn't take stuff seriously that's his whole character arc on the show it's a reality great show, TV. Though, right <laughs> it is okay. <laughs> i just read really really into all of these people and they're like idiosyncrasies well you said character so i was like <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> um but he he eventually you know gets like voted off he doesn't win sorry spoiler alert and um <laughs> i know <laughs> There goes that whole season for me, Jordan. Yes, yeah. yes. And we always like look up what the other what the people are up to afterwards. We look this guy up. It's like Dan is a actor and comedian. Look him up. He's a stand up comic in LA producing shows and all this shit, you know, just like doing it. I follow him on Twitter. He follows me back, retweets one of my tweets. All of this happens within like a ten minute time frame from thinking it's Dan the Frat Bro, unsuccessful Master Chef man, to this guy who is now just like a comic in the world of like all of the comics that I talk to and know and work with. And when you say producing shows, you mean producing comedy shows comedy or like shows. television shows? Comedy shows. Word. So fucking random. Nice. How random. <laughs> Good for you. Anyway, watch Master Chef. Fox. <laughs> Mondays. That's different from uh, <laughs> that's different from Top uh, Chef, right? It is different than Top yeah. Chef. I also don't know if it's on Mondays. I don't have cable. MasterChef <laughs> and shows like that kind of stress me out a little, though. Is it Hulu? It's like it's uh, yes on Hulu. It's like high intensity, you know. Yeah. Whereas a show like Bake Off is just like, oh yeah, here we are baking a cake with the gentle music. Yeah. And here we are eating some cake. And I would always absolutely. be hungry. Here's a field. Yes. And- <laughs> I have a killer sweet too. It's funny too because Bake Off, everyone's like friends at the end. They all like oh, hug yeah. and cry and they're like best friends. Whereas yeah. on some of the more competitive high stakes cooking shows, they're like, that bitch. And they're walk the le- out with 14 knives in your face. <laughs> 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 they're the least offensive people too. Like when they get called out for something, they're immediately just, they're so self deprecating. They're like, oh, you're right, stupid. Goddamn, that was so dumb or whatever. And I feel then like chefs and comedians are in, from the, cut from the same cloth. Yes. You know, yeah, I think willing so to too. willing to pour some sort of trauma. Yes, you know, <laughs> a lot of issues. You're spinning it into something that's delicious or mm-hmm. funny or yep. wonderful. Like True you're up. taking your your soul crushing mm-hmm. whatever the fuck your issue mm-hmm. is and making something fantastic yes. for people to consume and enjoy. Please yep. have this. It's delicious and it comes from my heart. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Nice. Thank you for that. <laughs> Big long final thought. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm 50 years old and I jump and I kick <laughs> and I'm 50 years old. Wait, what is that from? <laughs> Saturday Night Live. Oh. Uh, everyone, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. A note to myself as well. <laughs> I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. Mandy Reader. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>